Good morning and happy Easter from myself and from my wife Sharon and from all at here in Citygate Church. We uh, hope you have a great Easter, actually. Easter is a central time for the Church of Jesus Christ. So today, I want to talk about the person of Jesus Christ and um, who he is and the reason why he came and what he accomplished on this great celebration of Easter, which is the cross and being raised from the dead on the third day, which is today, Easter Sunday. So I'd like us to turn in the Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 24. And we're going to read the first few verses here, verse, uh, first, the first 11 or 12 verses. It says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and the other disciples and some other people came to the tomb to bring spices which they had prepared. It says, But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And they go in and they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it happened that as they didn't find the body, they were greatly perplexed about this. And behold, there were two angels that were there in shining garments. This is a, a huge experience. They go to a tomb, it's empty. Where's the dead body? And then angels turn up. You could make a film about this, couldn't you? It's absolutely amazing. Then as they were afraid and they bowed their faces to the earth, they said to the angel, or the angel said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He is alive. He's raised from the dead. He says, remember how he spoke to you when he was still here in Galilee, saying the Son of Man has to be delivered into the hands of sinful men to be crucified and on the third day to rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and they explain all this to the other disciples who are really uh, scared at this point. They'd lost hope. They didn't know what on earth was going on. And they tell them this, and um, it goes on down in verse 11, and it says, and their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they didn't believe them. However, I love this guy in the Bible. There's a man called Peter. It says he got up and he ran to the tomb. He stooped down, he went in, he saw the clothes on the floor there, they were lying there, and he departed and he was amazed at what had happened. This is an incredible account, but it's absolutely central to our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's absolutely central to God's plan for mankind. What happened on the cross and here when he's raised from the dead is absolutely central to our experience with God, to our eternity with God, to, in fact to everything that God wants to do and accomplish in our lives and through us in the world today. So today I want to talk about Jesus Christ. 2,000 years ago there was this incredible historic event Almighty God, he became a man. Here in Citygate Church, we absolutely believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. An almighty God, he took upon himself flesh and he came and dwelt among us. There's that song that came out a few years ago. What if God was one of us? Well, the good news is God became one of us. He was all God and he was all man. He was born, we celebrate that at Christmas. And then, you know, for 30 years, the first 30 um, years or so of his life, even though he lived a perfect life, absolutely sinless, he didn't really draw any attention to himself because it wasn't his time for God to say, this is my son. But when he was 30 years old, 
Um, it says the heavens opened, the Holy Spirit came down upon the life of Jesus Christ and the Father spoke from heaven for all the world to hear forevermore. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And on that day, everything kicked off. Everything began. It's as if, you know, the first 30 years uh, they've been developing going on in the life of Jesus Christ. He lived amongst us. He had loved people, of course. He'd served people. He had all the compassion, all the faith, all the authority that he had when he was 30. And he had that for the first 30 years, but something kicked in when Almighty God the Father spoke over the Son and said, this is the one. And for three and a half years, the Lord Jesus Christ absolutely, I could say it like this, exploded in the generation. He loved people. He served people. He taught people. He healed people. He prophesied. He did so many things. And in that three and a half years, this world would be so impacted that we would never be the same again. At the end of those three and a half years, we know what happened. He went to the cross and we'll deal with that a little bit today. But in that three and a half years, he was so powerful. He was so influential. He was so good. He was so awesome. He was so great. He was so loving and compassionate that he began to develop a name with the whole of Israel, really. That's where he was. He was in Israel at that time, really, you know, just around his hometown for some time. Then, you know, he spread out a bit. And then the last few days of his life, he went to Jerusalem. But he developed a name for himself in that sense, for God the Father. And, you know, some people knew him to be a good man. Now, that to us today perhaps doesn't sound very powerful, but how it was said when he was on earth, you know, people said, he's a good man. He's a good man. That's a great name to have, to be known as a good man. But how that is explained here in the Bible is that the Lord Jesus Christ went about doing good and changing people's lives, impacting people's lives. There is great news today that our God is a good God. He does good things. That involves so many things. He loved people. He healed people. There was one guy who, you know, they said to him, you know, he'd just been healed, this man. And, you know, the people that didn't like the Lord Jesus Christ, the Pharisees, they said, this man's a sinner. How dare you think that he's healed you? And he said, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who Jesus is. I don't know if he's a prophet. I don't know if he's a sinner. I don't know anything about him. All I know is he's been good to me. He's healed my body. And I'm so glad today, you know, to be able to say, we have a good God. Jesus is good. Acts 10.38 says he's good and heals everybody from the power of the devil. He's a good God. He does good and he is good. Not just good as in, oh, you're a good guy, but something far more powerful than that. From his goodness, he forgave people who were outcasts of society at that time. From his goodness, he restored people's lives back to the shape that God wanted them to be in. Out of his goodness, he rebuilt relationships in families. Out of his goodness, he brought authority and um, uh, victory into people's lives. God is a good God. I hate the picture that religion so often has painted of our God, that our God is mean, that he's stingy, that he's angry, that he just wants to show off as being an aggressive judge. 
of course there's the holiness of God, but everything about our God comes from the fact that God is love and therefore God is good to all. I want to tell you really clearly here today, and if you were here in person, we'd be celebrating today that God is good all the time. He's a good God. So it means to me that I can believe God for his goodness to impact every area of my life. If the Lord Jesus Christ was good when he was on earth 2,000 years ago, then he's still the same Jesus today. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is good today and wants to be good in your life and in your experience. The second thing that people knew about him is they knew him to be a prophet. In the Old Testament, this is a long time before Jesus came, you know, in the Bible, there was the prophet, the priest, and the king. And the prophet was known to be the one who operated in God's word and really spoke for God, but also moved in the power of God so often. And it's really clear in the Gospels that everywhere Jesus went, he spoke right into the middle of the generation. You know, so many people think that perhaps God is you know, just not really needed today. We're in 2021. We've got science. We've got technology. Why do we need superstition about believing in a man who perhaps came 2,000 years ago and perhaps died on a cross and, you know, perhaps was a bit sort of a religious guy and a bit of a guru, really? I don't know. Perhaps that's what you think. But I want to say this really clearly. Jesus Christ can speak right into the middle of our generation, right into the heart of what's going on today, even in the middle of what's going on with COVID, even in the middle of what's going on across Europe and across America and across Asia and across the world today. Jesus Christ is the word of God to be spoken right into a generation, but also right into our personal lives. You know, there were times when the Lord came and he, and he spoke to people, you can find this in the Gospels, where he spoke right into the middle of someone's circumstance and absolutely set them free. He can see and he feels what's going on in your heart right now. You see, you are a spirit. You are a real person. You're not just a human being with a body, just, um, you know, you were born and, and at the end of your life, you're going to die. No, there's something far more to you than that. And that is there's this eternal spirit on the inside that's going to live forever. And that's the heart of a person. That's what really goes on. That's the engine room of a person. And Jesus Christ can see right into the middle of our lives. The Bible says everything is wide open before God. He knows the thoughts you're thinking. He knows every word you're going to speak, even before it's on your tongue. He knows everything about you, and he still loves you to bits. He still so loved this world that he died on the cross for you. Perhaps I'm going ahead of myself a little bit, but he was known to be a prophet. Why? Because he hears and he speaks God's word right into the middle, right into the heart of every situation. He knows what's inside of people. He does works of power. In the Old Testament, sometimes, you know, the prophets were able to do the most amazing things with the power of God. Well, Jesus Christ came and he stood one day on the bow of a boat in the middle of a storm. And as a prophet of God, we could say that, spoke to the storm and said, peace, 
be still. And the storm immediately stopped and the boat went to the other side and it was sinking in the middle of the lake. I don't know, perhaps you think your life is sinking right now. Perhaps you think what's coming ahead of you is like a shipwreck. I don't know. But the good news today is Jesus Christ wants to stand on the bow of your boat and as a prophet of God, speak right into your destiny, right into your future, right into your family situation, right into your financial situation, right into your business or your job situation and speak to the wind and the waves and the storms of life and say, peace, be still and bring you out into the destiny that God has for your life. There's a great verse, one of my favorites in the Bible, actually. It says, even though you feel like horses have, have, have absolutely trampled over your life, God will bring you out into a large, still, quiet, abundant place. I love the Bible. I love what it says about Jesus Christ. He was a good man. He is a good man. He was a prophet. He still is a prophet who speaks. And that means to me, I can trust God with my life because he already knows the future. I can trust God with my tomorrows because he's, he's alive. He lives. The Bible talks about him being all-knowing, that he's the beginning and the end. It's really easy to trust a God who's already been there in your tomorrow. My head can't really get hold of that, but I absolutely trust in a God that holds my life in the palm of his hand. And he says, I will make all things work together for your good. If you stick with me, if you pray with me, if you get in my word, everything is gonna turn around. Why? Because he can speak God's word right into the middle of your situation. What else did people know him to be? They knew him to be a teacher. You know, so often um, he would arrive in a village or a town and everybody would sit down and they would hear him teach about his heavenly father, almighty God the father, all day long. You know, sometimes we spend half an hour in church and get a bit twitchy or, you know, a conference like three hours long. These people would come from all the surrounding areas and they'd sit there for days. There were times they had no food and the disciples were saying, these people have to go away, they're getting hungry. You know, they would sit there and they would embrace God's word. Why? Because there was something about the teaching of Jesus Christ which set people free. The Bible says this, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. There's so much, you know, talk today about fake news or you need to tell the truth. But I'm not just speaking here about opinion on the news. I'm talking about the truth about us the truth about God, the truth about eternity, the truth about salvation. See, so many people want salvation. They, you know, they've got a heart for God. They want to live forever. They, you know, perhaps believe in an afterlife or a nirvana or some, you know, spiritual, uh, no, ether or something. I don't know. But the truth is this. There is eternal, eternity for everybody and the Bible says we can only come to the Father through giving our lives to Jesus Christ. That is the truth, that Jesus must be our Savior and our Lord. He died on the cross to not just you know, create an Easter service. He died on the cross to pay the price for all of our sin and our shame and, and our separation from God. That is the truth of the situation. And the truth is this that we must receive Jesus Christ as Lord. And everywhere Jesus went, he taught the truth. 
He taught how people can know God and can develop their relationship with God as their father. He taught about so many things. He taught about how to have healthy families. He taught about how to have healthy finances. He taught about how to have healthy thoughts. He taught about how to be anxious for absolutely nothing. He taught about how to be generous. He taught about how to forgive people. He had something to say on pretty much everything that you and I face. And the good news about what he said is that it works. You hear so many times people, you know, talk about the keys of this and the, the keys of success or the, or the keys to abundance or the keys to a good business or, what, or keys to a healthy marriage. Any key that's worth its, its, its salt comes from something that Jesus said in the Gospels. Why? Because he didn't just speak some good keys and some good ideas. He absolutely spoke the truth of what God has said and of what God has done and how we can live in relationship with him. And as a result, live in his victory. So he was known to be a good man. He was known to be a prophet. He was known to be a teacher. But after some time, it began to be said that he was the Messiah, that he was the savior of the world. And at that point, it's as if all hell broke loose. You know, he came into Jerusalem after three and a half years of really just doing a lot of good stuff. Everybody loved, loved him. It says the people received him. They loved him. They were happy around him. Their needs were met around him all apart from the Pharisees, they didn't like him, the religious crowd of the day. But the Lord, he came into Jerusalem, why? Because he knew he was here to not just be a teacher, to not just be a prophet, to not just be a good man, but to be the savior of the world. And he came to Jerusalem and he knew when he got there that he would be put to death. He had already begun to tell his disciples, I'm gonna to go to Jerusalem and there I'm gonna be betrayed. I'm going to be crucified. They didn't really believe him. They said, oh no, we'll die with you. We'll stand with you. And it's not going to happen. But they didn't understand the plan of God. So, you know, we celebrated last Sunday, Palm Sunday, when Jesus Christ came into Jerusalem. And the celebration was huge. Absolutely amazing. People were going bananas, shouting, save, save, savior. And they were singing Hosanna, which means salvation, which means it's done, which means thank you. It means just a huge celebration, explosion of joy. Within seven short days, he was hanging on the cross. See, something happened when he came to Jerusalem. He came into this last part of his last... Uh, of his life, this last season of his life. And it's what it was actually all about. He was taken to Pontius Pilate. He was taken to Herod. He was taken back to Pontius Pilate. He was scourged with the cat and nine tails, which was like a, uh, this horrendous scourge whipped with bits of steel in and bits of bone that would just rip out the flesh from your body. He had a crown of thorns. I've been to Israel. I've seen the thorns from the thorn bushes. And these thorns are about four inches long. And they're like knives. They're like nails. They're not just like a little thorn on a rose bush. And the Bible says they, they created this crown of thorns to mock him, pushed it deep into his head. The Bible says they took his beard and they pulled it out. 
And he was so beaten that he didn't even look like a human being, didn't even look like a man. There are some films on TV that try to, you know, give us an idea of what he went through. And, you know, I'm sure they come close physically, but it was everything else going on on the inside. It was all hell was trying to break loose against Jesus. Why? Because the devil was trying to wipe out the Son of God. He did not know what was going on. The Bible says if he had known, he would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Because it was the plan of the Father for him to be whipped. It was the plan of the Father for him to have the thorns in his head. It was the plan of the Father that his beard was pulled out. It was the plan of the Father that all his bones were out of joint. It was the plan of the Father that he was stripped naked and hung on a cross with nails in his hands and a spike through his feet. It was the plan of the Father. Why? Because the Father so loved this world that Jesus had to come in order to pay the price for the separation that had occurred in the Garden of Eden between Adam and as a result, all of mankind for all eternity. That separation between the man that God had created and the creator God himself. There was a great gulf. There was a chasm. The Bible says the day that Adam sinned, that there was death lodged in the heart of man. And no matter how good Jesus was for three and a half years, for 33 and a half years, no matter how prophetic he was, no matter how much he taught the word of God, something had to be done for the heart state of the human race. And that needed a sacrifice. See, Jesus went to the cross and he paid the price for all of the sin, all of the death, all of the sickness, all of the poverty, all of the hatred, all of the, of the unforgiveness, all of the jealousy, all of the nasty, sinful, horrible stuff that's in the heart of mankind. That's not how God created man. God created man to know his goodness to know his grace, to know his joy, to know his peace, to know his love. But sin had killed all of that. The Bible says there's a price for sin and it's death. And mankind died, but Jesus came to pay the price once and for all to set people free from the law of sin and death. The cross which we remember on the Friday, Good Friday just gone, was the, the price paid for sin to redeem people back out of the death and the mess that we would be stuck with for eternity if the price hadn't been paid. But today's Resurrection Sunday, it's Easter Sunday, and I got a smile on my face because we can't go to a tomb today with a, a box of dead bones in. We go to a tomb, and I've been to Israel. I've seen the empty tomb. They say it was the tomb of Jesus, and it's empty. He's not there. Just like these angels said, he is alive. He's, he's been raised from the dead. And Jesus said, now I'm raised from the dead. I have all authority. I have all power. He was given the name above every name. We adore today, and we celebrate a Savior who is alive. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul spends a, a, whole, a whole chapter there saying about the power of Jesus raised from the dead. And as a result, you and I can be raised from the dead. If he was raised from the dead, then I'm going to be raised from the dead. When I die, whenever that happens in the next 50 years, I don't know. 
It's not the end. And it's not the end for you. I know we faced a whole year of death as a nation, as a world, with the whole COVID situation. But you know what? People die every day. They die from accidents. They die from tragic circumstances, sickness and disease. But the hope of the gospel is this, that we have an eternity. And if you give your life to Jesus, this life on earth is just a breath, the Bible says. But we have all eternity to be with the God who loves us and the God who gave his life that we might live. What does it speak of? You know, today, this incredible Sunday of celebration, it speaks of the fact that Jesus won the victory over death, over sin. See, the cross was the price paid, but the Sunday is the victory. He was raised from the dead. The Bible says death could not hold him down. There is a shout today in my spirit and here in Citygate Church that he is alive forevermore and he holds the keys of death, of hell, and of the grave. He has the name above every name. He has all authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 again, it says if there is no one raised from the dead, if Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead, then our faith is futile. My faith is centered in the fact that Jesus has been raised from the dead. If he wasn't raised from the dead, we'd have the price paid, but we wouldn't have the ability to come to God and to be born again. See, the fact that he's raised from the dead means that I can have his life. It means that I can have an experience with the Holy Spirit. It means that I can know Almighty God as my own heavenly Father, as my Creator, as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Healer, as my Deliverer. When he was raised from the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Now, because I've been raised from the dead, he said to his disciples, Go into all the world and preach the good news. You see, we're back to God being a good God again. He said, preach the good news. It's good news today that Jesus died on the cross. It's good news today that he was raised from the dead. And it's great news today. It's good news today that he's alive today and he wants to be involved with each of our lives. I'm so thankful to God that every day I can walk with him. I can hear his voice. I can open his word, the Bible, and I can hear God speaking to me through the Bible in prayer. I'm so thankful today that he's poured out his Holy Spirit, that I can know his power and his authority in my life. Three things that is a part of the good news, really, and I want to encourage you today, if you're a Christian, if you've got it, then give it. If you've received Jesus as Lord, then it's up to us, it's our responsibility to shine in this world and to give the good news to the people around us. What Easter is a great opportunity for us to spread the good news of Jesus Christ because everybody's celebrating it in some way, whether it's just a holiday to them or whether it's just about Easter eggs and Easter bunnies or whether it's actually about the fact that Jesus died on the cross and raised from the dead. It's an opportunity that we have and it's an opportunity I have to Day to say Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, died on the cross in order to give you abundant life. The good news really can be split into just a few things. And number one is the good news is that he wants to set us free. 
and he wants to keep us free. Freedom in so many areas, freedom from sin, from guilt, from shame. So many people live life, as it were, with a heavy yoke on their lives. You know, perhaps there's some regret or, or some abuse in the past or something that they're ashamed of or something that they feel they're inadequate or they can't overcome. Perhaps it's a sin habit and you just think, I can't break this. You know what? The Bible is clear. The gospel is a gospel of setting people free. And today, I really believe the power of God wants to destroy that heavy burden off of your life. The second thing that is great news about the gospel is Jesus gives us a life of overcoming uh, victory every, every day. The Bible says we can walk in the footsteps of God and he always leads us in triumphant procession in Christ. What is the victory over? It's over the enemy, the accuser of our lives, the devil. It's over sickness. It's over oppression. It's over everything that Jesus died to set us free from. He says, come on, you can have the victory today. Why don't you believe that? This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith in God. The third thing that he provides in this incredible gospel of good news as a result of the cross and being raised from the dead is the abundant life of God. You see, life is a quality on the inside. It's not just made up of things we have and things we achieve. It's the quality of life we have on the inside. Life as God has it. It's this incredible Greek word, zoe, Z-O-E, like the name Zoe. Life as God has it. It's this incredible abundant life. It's love which casts out all fear and anxiety. It's the peace of God in our minds and in our lives which passes all understanding. It's the joy of the Lord which is our strength every day. It's the grace of God which empowers us to be everything God has planned for us to be. And it's the faith of God on the inside which overcomes every mountain, moves every mountain and moves every obstacle out from our path. That's the abundant life. Of course, it, it then translates out into things that we have and the way we live and the family we have and the financial health that we're in. But the Bible says if we prosper on the inside, then we're going to prosper on the outside. So this abundant life of God has to do with the quality of life on the inside. And it's not a self-help scheme. It's not just trying to, you know, be a good person. The Bible says you must be born again. Somebody came to God, you know, Jesus in the, in the Bible and said, how can I get eternal life? How can I go to heaven? And Jesus didn't really, you know, it's not complicated. He said one thing. He said, you've got to be born again. You've got to receive Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. And what happens is when you say yes to God, and people do that all day, people do that every day, people do that online here every Sunday and here in person in Citygate, perhaps today is your day. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, I'm going to encourage you today to receive the Son of God. Yes, he was a good man, but not just a good man. Yes, he was a prophet, but not just a prophet. Yes, he was a teacher, but not just a teacher. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. He's the Son of God, became the Son of Man. He died on the cross. He was raised from the dead in order that you and I can be born again and have a relationship with our Creator God, Heavenly Father. And that means I'm going to be with Him for eternity. I'm not hoping to go to heaven. 
I've already been moved out of one kingdom into another kingdom, which is the kingdom of God. God is my heavenly father, not because of who I am, but because of what Jesus did on the cross for all people. Once and for all, he made a difference when he died on the cross. Will you receive him today as your Lord and Savior? Will you receive him today into your life? Will you give him your life and say, thank you for dying for me? I'm going to ask you to say a prayer with me now as we do every Sunday. And I'm going to ask you to pray it from your heart. What a great day to give your life to God. Come on, let's pray together. Say this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you demonstrated your love by sending your son to die on the cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. You paid the price for all of my sin. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. I receive you today as my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. And by the help of your grace, and your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer, I absolutely believe that the Holy Spirit has done a work in your heart. You've been born again. You have a brand new start in life, just like I did in 1984. So many thousands of people every day across this planet. It's a new start for your life in relationship with God. There's going to be some other steps. We're going to encourage you to, you know, to find a church in your area. If you're anywhere near Southeast London, we'd love to see you here in Citygate. But, you know, whoever you are, there's a church for you, a family of people who believe in Jesus Christ. We're going to encourage you to get a Bible and to start to learn to pray and all of those things. But you know what? It's step by step. This is a new journey for your life. And other people are going to talk to you about that in just a second. But friend, whoever you are today, Today is Easter Sunday. Let's let the shout out. Let's celebrate with everything we can. God is a good God. And come on, we have something to shout about. Jesus Christ is alive. Why seek the living among the dead? He is alive today forevermore. And he's King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Have a great Easter Sunday. And we'll see you next week.